Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM and the divisional round of the NFL playoffs are set with two games Saturday and two more on Sunday. I mean, a quick look at it right now. I think most people would agree the two games I got my eyes on, Packers at Niners, the way the Packers played against the Cowboys, incredible. And then Chiefs-Bills. I mean, Stubb, what do you think? What are you most looking forward to, and what did you enjoy watching uh, this past weekend? I think Chiefs-Bills is easily going to be game of the week. It's the only one not with, like, a full touchdown spread between the two teams at the moment. And uh, from yeah. last weekend, I think my favorite game to watch was the Eagles-Buccaneers. Watching a 10-1 and team play probably give the worst performance of all the teams that weekend against an NFC South team in the playoffs, it was fun to watch. Was happy to see them yeah, fall apart you know, like that. I did pick. I did pick the Eagles to win. That was my lock of the week. That they, you know, they might have sucked towards the end of the season, but they were going to be good for the offs. Turns out they were not good for the offs. And I, I did enjoy watching both the Eagles and the Cowboys get their butt whooped. I mean, uh, both teams felt like had so much confidence at times this year. And uh, once again, the NFC East lacking a team here in the second round of the NFL playoffs. It's not last year. It's not the Eagles making a deep run. Uh, joining us right now to go around the NFL, recap Super Wild Card Weekend on the Deed Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's our buddy Benjamin Brown. What's going on, Ben? Oh, uh, not much. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good weekend of football. Obviously, Super Wild Card round. You know, uh, once again, lives up to the hype in its name. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, you know, a lot of intriguing games, I would say, coming up over the divisional round. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see kind of how we uh, move towards here, uh, the Super Bowl coming up here this weekend. Yeah, you know, let's start in the NFC East here. I mean, where do the Cowboys go from here? They lose 48-32. to Dak was atrocious. Two interceptions, that one pick six, I mean, uh, I mean, a Probably a hundred different Cowboys fans broke their TV on, on that play. Uh, McCarthy maybe out of a job. I mean, where does Dallas go from here? Yeah, I think it's really hard to see McCarthy out. You know, in a lot of ways, survive this uh, another year, another meltdown. Like at some point, it does seem like the, the ship has kind of sailed on what they're going to do here. And I do think, in a lot of ways, the the head coaching openings and the people that have become available are, are very much going to open the floodgates. I do think we could see a lot more attrition than what we've seen in prior seasons. I think Dallas is going to be a prime example of that kind of playing out here over the next couple of days because it does seem likely, uh, you know, a lot of the names are already going to be linked to the Dallas Cowboys job. Uh, it will be interesting to see the direction which Jerry Jones wants to go, but I do think overall, you know, it starts at the top, and I do think that that's the spot where they're very much going to make a decision to move on with the next best candidate. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a big win for the Packers organization. Uh, getting a playoff win, Jordan Love looked great. And, oh, yeah, your old head coach goes to Dallas, and then you go to Dallas and beat him. Uh, makes you got to feel good about hiring Matt LaFleur after uh, McCarthy. And it does kind of feel like McCarthy will be out the door, and maybe it'll be Bill Belichick walking in. I mean, I know that was the biggest name I've seen rumored. Same with Philadelphia. I mean, it just feels like... It, it might be tough for Sirianni to survive this with how many players are openly against him. Yeah, I mean, that's a situation that, you know, I would say kind of moved really quickly in a lot of ways. I do think, you know, we look at the offensive and defense coordinator positions and in a lot of ways, those are the key contact points to get to the head coach. And with that kind of frayed, both those guys moving on, I don't think we really realized, 
you know, the ramifications of how things could potentially play out, it does seem in a lot of ways like uh, the, the, the locker room turned on Sirianni quickly. If that is actually the case, like that's very much a spot where, you know, ownership and how he rolls in are going to make a relatively quick decision. So I'm not sure what actually, you know, transpired. I haven't really been following the exact, you know, reports from players in particular, but I very much think that that is another situation that, you know, really underwhelming, you know, end of the regular season and, and in the playoffs, and in a lot of ways, like the focal point honestly goes in one direction once again, that's very much Sirianni. So I, I kind of agree with you. I do think, you know, in a lot of ways, what you mentioned about the Green Bay Packers and trending in the right direction with Jordan Love, um, you know, the, the, the going the opposite approach from, you know, how you want to develop quarterbacks and do a lot of these things correctly in-house, I think that is, you know, a testament to them. And I do think that, you know, kind of what you mentioned, uh, a real big franchise win for them uh, is very much, I think, one of the biggest takeaways coming out of the wildcard weekend. Benjamin Brown with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, NFL data scientist at Summer Sports, also a content contributor at Pinnacle. I mean, statistically, this Dolphins offense was one of the best the NFL has ever seen. Then in the game that matters the most, they put up just seven points. I mean, what went wrong offensively for the Dolphins? (laughs) Yeah, in a lot of ways, you know, the the – the impact of weather, I think, is obviously like the first thing you have to actually point to in some of these situations. You know, pass-heavy offense, you know, needing to play in rhythm very much wasn't the case. I do think the follow-up from that, you know, in some ways has to be directed at Mike McDaniels, but in a lot of ways, I do think the longer-term blame will probably be in Tua's direction. Uh, you know, I do think that, you know, McDaniel hasn't done enough offensively and the pieces that they've kind of brought in need to fit his offense if they can get a quarterback um, you, know, you know, that can move on from, I would say, what two has actually provided. That's the spot that I think that they actually need to move in. And I think very much, you know, they got, I would say, probably maximum output from two of this year. In a lot of ways, that still wasn't enough against the best competition. I think that very much kind of speaks to, you know, a, a needing to move on at that position for the Miami Dolphins coming up here in 2024. You don't think two is their starting quarterback next year? I mean, I don't know if that's, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what actually happens. I do think in some ways they need to bring in, you know, some sort of competition at the backup quarterback spot where they do have, you know, more reps given to both guys, I would say, in, in training camp, if that's going to be the case. So, um, I don't yeah, know. I, I mean, it, 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 yeah, it, so. I kind of think they're going to stick with Tua just because of how great he was in the regular season, but I, I do point to Tua as the reason they lose, lost. I mean, he couldn't even throw it sideways. I, I get it. You know, the conditions weren't great. Mahomes didn't have that much of an issue with it, 262 yards and a touchdown. But the fact that he could not throw the screen passes to the side, it just was like, oof, this is your starting quarterback. Not great, Ben. Yeah, and I think that is very much going to be the takeaway. So, you know, long-term, you know, obviously the follow-up from any playoff last year, you know, regular season moving on is what comes up in the NFL draft. And I very much think, you know, a lot of these questions are going to be at least talking points as we move towards you know, the offseason and the Super Bowl and everything wrapping up for the regular season. Have you looked into any of the best bets for divisional round of the NFL playoffs? Yeah, I, I, I think in some ways, you know, um, the Texans in some ways have kind of moved off that opening number. I think it was closer to 10, basically. It seems like there is some movement in their direction. To me, I do think, you know, the over 44 and a half um, in that spot is maybe the more intriguing look. You know, in a lot of ways, what we saw last week with Houston going up against, you know, one of the best defenses in football. In a lot of ways, they just didn't have any sort of answer for C.J. Stroud. I do think, obviously, the loss of Tank Dell 
is going to impact the Houston Texans offense, but I think, you know, we didn't really see that come into fruition whatsoever, um, you know, with their performance, I would say, last Saturday. So I, I think in a lot of ways that continues, um, you know, the health of Noah Brown at the wide receiver position along with Tank Dell is going to be something to monitor, but I very much think they can do similar things to the Ravens defensively. And, and I think in a lot of ways we're in for a shootout with, you know, Lamar Jackson, coming out the bye, unless they start slow, I very much think that that's going to be a spot where you see the over 44 and a half uh, probably fall relatively quickly coming up here on Saturday. Yeah, no, I, I really like that play of over that number. I mean, you, these two teams played week one. Baltimore won 25-9, but it's a it, completely different Houston offense. You know, Stroud was just playing his first NFL game. So I think Baltimore puts up 25, Houston, you know, maybe 21-22. Uh, so that would hit the over right there. I, I love that bet. Uh, you know, initial thoughts about this uh, Bills game against the Chiefs? Yeah, it, it, it's, you know, obviously going to be really interesting. I think – you know, moving on, you know, getting Joe Brady kind of at the helm to coordinate the offense, I think in a lot of ways has opened up things. Um, you know, Khalil Shakur had kind of the big catch for them uh, in the wild card round in a lot of ways. Getting him more reps has, I would say, in a lot of ways opened up things underneath. Uh, so, I, you know, it, it, it seems like the Buffalo Bills offense has kind of figured things out, especially with Josh Allen and rushing the football. So as long as they kind of minimize some of those high variance type swings. I do think they can control this game, you know, given kind of the current state of what we've seen from the Kansas City Chiefs. I do think they played pretty well from, you know, a wild card perspective, but this is in some ways, you know, a, a similar vein to what we saw at the Eagles towards the end of the season with a Chiefs team that maybe is there defensively, uh, but really hasn't put the pieces in place outside of Rasheed Rice uh, offensively, I would say, yet this season. Ben, before we let you go, got to get your thoughts here on the commander's hire of Adam Peters. We will air his introductory press conference. The new GM of the Washington Commanders, Adam Peters, right here on 910 The Fan at 2 p.m. What do you think of that hire, Ben? Yeah, I, 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 I think in a lot of ways, um, you know, the direction in which, the, you know, the, the new ownership and everything wants to go, you know, Peters really fits that bill. Very successful organization, you know, moving on from San Francisco. I, I think that um, you know, what he's going to p- put in place, you know, answering the question of who's going to be the head coach, what they do at the quarterback position. Like, it, it is an intriguing offer, and I do very much think they got the correct guy for that position. So I think longer term, you know, it, it's going to take some time to not only get the right people in the building, but I would say moving in the right direction. But I do think the longer term outlook for the Washington Commanders is a lot better off going in this direction than I would say any of the top candidates, other top candidates have had. So I, I like the higher, I like the long-term success, and I do think the Washington Commanders can overall see a benefit from uh, going in this particular direction. Point blank period. I love that. Good hire by the Commanders. Ben, thank you so much for the time, man. I always appreciate it. That is Benjamin Brown. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, the Commanders got their man in Adam Peters. Well, who's his guy? Who is Adam Peters' top choice for the head coaching job? We'll discuss that next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105-1 FM, one of the greatest centers to ever play in the National Football League and great podcast host as well, Jason Kelsey told his teammates Monday night after the Eagles lost to the Bucks that he is retiring. Kelsey, 36 years old, 
was very emotional at the end of the Eagles 32 to 9 loss in the wild crawler round of the playoffs to the Bucks and he declined talking with reporters saying no guys not today and then reports came out that Kelsey who's enter who was in year 13 of his career after being a 6th round draft pick in 2011 will call it quits Jalen Hurts said he's a legend in the city really in the league uh, I totally agree. Like, Jason Kelsey's kind of like the butt of the joke now because his brother's the biggest superstar in the NFL and his brother's dating Taylor Swift, you know, and everybody's talking about their podcast. But, you know, I give Kelsey a lot of credit for the tush push. I give Kelsey a lot of credit for how good the Eagles' offensive line was last year when they made it to the Super Bowl. And, and think about how good that offensive line has been since he came into the league. So uh, one of the greatest centers of all time retiring today has to be the lead story as we go around the NFL here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on A1 Radio. Anything you want to say about... Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, Stub, are you a fan? I, I am a fan. I, I think I mentioned I played center in elementary school, so it's nice to see <laughs> you know a center get so much attention uh, as he's getting. And yeah, like he made the tush push happen. I don't think they're going to be able to do it next right. year to the same uh, level right. of success. Yeah, I mean, I just don't remember in my lifetime a, a center that got this much run uh, besides Jeff Saturday, and the reason that he got so much run is because he was, you know. Winning titles and winning a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning there with the Colts. Uh, it wasn't very successful as a head coach, much better as an NFL analyst. But, of course, if you've been listening to the show, Stubb owes me $2.50 because he did not believe in the Buffalo Bills. Why didn't you believe in the Bills? I told you that this was their year, their window of opportunity in the playoffs. What was it about this Bills team that you had no faith in? I think that they just threw too many games at the last second. And I thought they were going to throw their playoff chance at the last second. I thought it was just going to follow like yeah. that. No, it's a good point. This year they did have a lot of close losses. You should have known the Bills were going to be good by the way they blew out the Commanders 37-3. to Even though a lot of teams blew out the yeah, Commanders this year. So because Stubb owed me yeah, so because Stubb owed me $2.50, we let him do double or nothing on the super-duper NFL playoff draft. And... Of course, with the number one pick, I took the 49ers. Stub with picks two and three. Uh, I it was believe the opposite, you took I Ravens. Think. I took oh, you Ravens. Had one. You one. took Ra- Yeah, and then you yeah. took Niners. With two Chiefs. and three, I took Niners Chiefs. So here's where we're at, all right? I took the Pittsburgh Steelers. Give me a dong. They are eliminated. I also mm. took the Green Bay Packers. Still alive. Stub has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Still alive. Stubb has the Los Angeles Rams eliminated. Stubb has the Houston Texans. Staying alive, staying alive. Stubb has the Cleveland Browns eliminated. Stubb has the Detroit Lions still alive. I took the Miami Dolphins eliminated. I took the Philadelphia Eagles eliminated. I took the Chiefs still alive. Stubb had the Cowboys gone. I took the Bills. Stubb took the Ravens, and I took the Niners. So here we are after Super Wild Card Weekend. I'm still alive with my top pick, the 49ers, the Bills, the Chiefs, and my last pick, the Green Bay Packers. 
Stubb is still alive with the Ravens, with the Lions, with the Texans, and the Bucks. I like my chances a lot more yeah, than yours, Stubb. I, well, this week doesn't matter, right? <laughs> because the, the four teams we both have are playing each other. So going oh, into the point. final four, <laughs> we're both going to have two teams, which is a funny way that this has yeah. uh, ended up. Yep. All right, so we did put together a list, though, here of the biggest disappointments of the first weekend of the NFL playoffs. Stubb, who you got? So I decided to view this from a disappointment for the fan base's point of view, not for myself. Okay. Uh, this would have been a different list if it was for myself. <laughs> and for number one, yeah. I'm going to put the Cowboys. They did it again. They made it look like they were good, and they lost round one of the playoffs. I have a Cowboys uh, fan. Uh, it was one of my friends. Uh, he is He is heated. And uh, yeah. I think he's just about ready to give up on everyone in that team. I, I would agree. Uh, the most disappointing loss of the weekend. I mean, look, they were at home. <laughs> yeah, They were at home. They were 8-0 at home. Uh, they were healthy. I, I just don't see what happened here uh, besides the Dak Prescott just had a terrible game, took four sacks, threw two interceptions. Uh, one was a pick six. It was ugly. He basically threw it right to the linebacker without looking at him. They were able to run the ball for 123 yards on the ground. They scored 32 points. Oh, yeah, their defense didn't get a stop ever. Um, so yeah. that was part of the issue and as a of, well. Uh, a lot of those yeah. points were the end of the game when the Packers had rested yeah. everyone. It's kind of like free points yeah. for them. It's not. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of 42 to 48 to 16 yeah. <laughs> um, for most of that fourth quarter. And, you know, as good as the Packers looked, I, I do feel like the Cowboys lost that game more than the Packers won it. I agree. Right? Yeah. I mean, just Dak thrown right to the opposing team. Uh, how about the other interception he had? It was such a great play by Jair Alexander. We didn't even know if Alexander was going to be able to play. He plays and made a huge play for the Pack. And, um, yeah, great win for the Packers. Most disappointing loss of the weekend. Totally agree. It's the boys. All right. Number two. I'm going to give it, uh, this is kind of more of a reflection of the last couple games of the season, but the Dolphins at number two. Mm -hmm. They had a lot of interest in them, a lot of heat, looked like they could win, and now they have the biggest streak of not having a playoff win now that the Lions have won and they have lost. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Is this my second most disappointing loss? I mean, just the, the fact that I called this my certified game of the week and the Dolphins didn't show up. And the Dolphins couldn't score any points. I get it. You know, the conditions were not good. It was cold. It was rainy. It was snowing. It, you know, Patrick Mahomes still scored 26 points. You know, Rice still had 130 yards through the air. Uh, I just, you know, I, I put this, and I, here's the thing. I also put this loss a lot more on Tua than on Mike McDaniel, the head coach. Um, I thought the play calls were really decent, right? Like, you know, in this kind of weather condition, you're going to need to throw some screen passes and some easy completions. Well, two was 20 of 39, basically 50% with his passing, and they were not hard passes. He just couldn't complete them. His little tiny two of fingers couldn't grip the football. That's what it was. He got two of two, two his hands are two sizes too small. Yeah, right? it was it was a hard one to watch. It just kind of looked yeah. like they were beating up. And with the, the ground looking like it was rock-solid cement that these guys were landing on, it just yeah. you had to feel bad. All right, number yeah, three good for the Chiefs. I, I I saw this coming a mile away with the Eagles losing to the Buccaneers. But man, they, they look like a bottom five team in the NFL out there. Couldn't make yeah. a tackle I mean, to save their lives. Yeah, I mean, how about the fact that you know Jalen Hurts' finger was a bigger deal than I realized? Like that's what I just, said. It, it, 
right? It didn't look like he should have been playing. Like, plain and simple. Uh, defensively, they had a ton of issues. Guys were getting open all over the place. Uh, and you knew it was going bad for the Eagles when they failed the tush push. The yeah. one play that they did successfully all season long, they couldn't even do that one. Yeah, and like they're disappointing. The Buccaneers' offense did not look good. Uh, there was more drops than the Chiefs' game, and and they still managed to put up thirty-five points. All oh right. yeah, I mean, Baker Mayfield three hundred and thirty-seven yards. Let's stay. Let's save the other three teams right. here as we go around the most disappointing teams of Super Wild Card Weekend. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. That's eight three three eight zero four. 0910 broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. We'll run around local sports with Lane Casadante coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105 1 FM, Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. Non-stop Commanders coverage right here on 910 The Fan with the Junkies from 6 to 10 a.m. Michael Phelps from 10 to noon. He's live in Ashburn um, 12 to 3 before we hand it off to Grant and Danny in Washington, D.C. And in Ashburn today, in just about 12 minutes, Adam Peters signed a five-year deal to be the Commanders' next GM. He will have his introductory press conference, and we will air that right here on the fan. But right now we wanted to get to the biggest story of the sports weekend, which was to me, 23 million people checking out the NFL playoffs on Peacock. We made all the Peacock jokes in the world last week. It ends today. All right. It ends today. Stop. I vowed to never talk about my overly large Peacock ever again on this radio. All right. Promise you that. I appreciate Uh, it. But here's my take. All right. I think it was fine. Like it, I think it went fine. It was okay. It wasn't great, you know. I will say for me, I didn't have many major delays. You know, you know, frames per second issues. You know, the the volume seemed to be linked up with the or synced up with the lips. Um, you know, I had no problems with watching it on Peacock. Did you have any issues? Uh, I watched it at uh, District Five, so like a bar setup. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have. I yeah. couldn't really judge the audio because it was coming through the speakers of the bar, kind of yeah. kind of not that loud. But it it didn't pause. So you got to give them that. Yeah. No, I had I had friends over for the game, you know, because I was telling every bragging about the the sarge, uh, you know, the size of my Peacock, uh, my bundle subscription service. Do not have Premium Plus, which means we did have to watch the commercials. Uh, but I had friends over, and I will say, Peacock and the NFL completely duped me. They duped me. Stub, I'm watching that game. I convinced all my friends because it was not a good game that after the game we were going to stay in, order pizza, drink some beer. And watch Oppenheimer because they were promoting it nonstop. You know, Oppenheimer this, Oppenheimer that. Peacock's the home of the Oppenheimer, the largest peacock with the largest bomb known to man, right? Turns out it's not available on Peacock until late February. I was duped, super duped on Super Wild Card Weekend because all they did was promote Oppenheimer with then a tiny disclaimer at the bottom that said, oh, yeah, you have to wait another month and a week. I think you got saved there. I don't think that that was going to be the environment or, like, time commitment that that group was going to want. <laughs> yeah, a a three-and-a-half-hour right? serious movie. Like <laughs> starting, starting at 11, at 11 p.m. Yeah, no, you don't want that. <laughs> I think you got saved by Peacock there. But but we were hyped because we were like, yeah, yeah, this game's going to end, and then we're going to throw on Oppenheimer. <laughs> nope. And that game was so bad that I was actually turning to my friends and saying, 
Can we get more Taylor Swift? I want more Taylor Swift on TV because the game was just awful. <laughs> the the chunk out of out of uh, Mahomes' helmet there that was the highlight of the yeah. like whoa yeah. that was probably the yeah. highlight of the night. Whoa, <laughs> that Those guy almost can't died. Be safe, right? How, yeah. <laughs> how is that thing protecting his brain and yet it's just gonna well, you know chip off? They're made like to that. shatter. That's how it reduces impact. That they're yeah. made to kind of fold all right. in. If it stays, yeah, you seem kind of like a concussion, uh, concussion <laughs> guy. All right, all right. <laughs> Just like that's what uh, it is. Yeah. So the NFL and Peacock announced they were able to celebrate 23 million viewers for the frozen wild card matchup between the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Uh, the streaming only playoff game was wasn't without controversy. It did shatter the previous streaming only record, which was. The Cowboys-Seahawks game, 15 million. Blew past that at 23 million. Uh, but a lot of people were upset. Comedian Bill Burr said, we're witnessing history. The first playoff game streamed for six bucks. A lot of people took to social media to say, yeah, I'm going to be the first one to cancel my Peacock, <laughs> Peacock subscription here on a Monday holiday. Uh, but it is a milestone moment for media and sports history and feels like that's the future, right? I mean, it kind of feels like we're going to be looking at the NFL having a paywall for playoff games in the future. Yeah, I mean, as less and less people have cable, I've never had cable in my life, and, and most people have a lot of the streaming services, and it sucks, and it's going to be really hard for a lot of the diehard fans, but I would not be yeah. surprised if each station just puts it onto one streaming service. Yeah, I mean, I'm upset with that, right? Like, I, I, I like my sports on cable. Uh, you know, I think that's the best way to watch it, and it's not just because I don't want to pay for you know, gaming cable and or streaming services. It's yeah, that's the best connection to have. You know, no issue with your data or your graphics or your frames per second. Um, the thing is, though, is that the NFL had so much success. You know, they're going to replicate this model, yep. right? They they <laughs> just would be stupid to have 23 million people watching it, and then. Uh, Nielsen data showed that at one point in the game, the peak was 27 million. For them to just say, "Yeah, you know what? We're just not going to do this thing ever again." Right? Yeah, I you're going to have you're going to have games on Peacock. You're going to have them on Hulu, and you're going to have them on Prime. And I think maybe even another one. I think that just kind of yeah. it's going to slowly take over. So here's the details that did come out. NBC paid 110 million for the right to move Saturday's game to Peacock, and of course that's a steep price there, but what did they pay for? They paid for raising the awareness of their streaming service. And, you know, NBC is so big. You know, that's that's part of the issue. That's why I was making fun of Peacock all of last week and, you know, making, you know, dong jokes about it. It's because a lot of people have never even heard of Peacock. Or they hear it and they don't understand that it's connected to NBC. And I get it. The NBC's logo is a Peacock. But they, they could have come up with NBC Plus, you know, yeah, or something better than Peacock, right? I mean, that's kind of why they had to spend $110 million, because nobody even heard of their streaming service before this. Yeah, like, I've always been aware of them, but never had any interest in getting the service, because I never see that a movie's on there. Like, I, I don't yeah. know what movies they have. I mean, it's just, you know, you have Disney Plus, you have Apple TV Plus, you have, uh, you know, all these different, you know, Paramount Plus. Peacock's just... It's probably the worst name of all the streaming services out there, right? Yeah. Max isn't great. Uh, I think HBO Max is, Max not is great. a better name, but right. But at least with Max, you understand that it's an off, you know, it's an off-brand of Max, or of HBO Max. Like it's the same thing. They just kind of change the name a little bit. Yeah, I guess. Um, you know, I, I like. I, I think if you polled a hundred people here in Richmond, 
what is the logo for NBC? I don't think they would pull Peacock. They'd probably say, "Oh, isn't it that like colorful triangle-looking thing?" Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if if you pulled that before this weekend and after, how many more people are yeah. now aware? Which hey, that's that's what they wanted. Yeah. So I have not canceled my Peacock uh, Peacock subscription. Um, I'm, I'm going to hold on. They got me. I'm going to hold off. I'm going to pay for another month and then watch Oppenheimer. I'm, I'm fired up to see Oppenheimer. I didn't go and see it in theaters. want to see it at my home theater so I can you know, pause it 100 times uh, because it is the longest movie. Uh, but I'm excited for that. I will stay on Peacock for another month, Stub. I'll do it. I'm well, yeah. Committed. I mean, you got your soccer on there too, right? Yeah, there's a, a few soccer games on there. Um, it, it's not as money as I had you know, signed up for oh, you know, okay. initially. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think. What have I been watching? I mean, I don't even really watch The Office anymore. I used to love The Office. Now I've seen every episode a hundred times. Did you see, though, Stubb? Uh, we might not have time for Netflix. We're actually closer to an Office reboot than we've ever been. Yeah. <sighs> Is my is my You're response wild. to that? Not I excited. <laughs> no, wow. I I will never be excited for a TV spinoff, ever. <laughs> no, 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 not, not a spinoff. Bringing it back, same cast Still. and everything. Nope. Really? Not excited. Really? It won't be as give good. Me more, it won't even yeah, be close. Give me more no, Steve Carell. Yeah, he's great. Put him in a good movie. I don't want to see him do do go back to this. It's not going to be written as well. It's going to be worse. I have no positive expectations. Did you for ever anything. check out his his next show that he did where? He, it was like uh, they were astronauts in oh, space yeah, or something. Oh, yeah, Space Marine, Space Force. Space Force or yeah, something? Yeah, it was bad. That, I watched that, like the first couple It was couple really minutes. bad. Yeah, it, I, I did yeah. not commit to that one. I couldn't even make it through a whole episode. Yeah, it was I think I did the exact thing. I think I cut it halfway through. Yep. All right, I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. <clears throat> Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capitol Alehouse here in Innsbruck. And I need to let all the listeners know that it's back, it's back, it's back, and it's better than ever. Burger Night here at Capitol Alehouse is Mondays from 3 p.m. until midnight. There's no better deal than this around town here. You can get a burger, cheeseburger for $2.95. Add beer, cheese, and bacon for $3.95. $3.95 or $2.95 for a burger. Monday night, burgers are back here at Capital Ale House for the original burger night. That is 3 p.m. to close every Monday. And, of course, I'm here at the Innsbruck location. One of the longtime listeners of the show has stopped by and actually told me he was here yesterday for burger night. So two burgers, two beers back-to-back days um i do need to stub i do need to conquer my fear of flights once again i've been thinking about this Ooh. all morning because yesterday i booked my trip to vegas yes oh yeah 910 the fan is happy to announce we'll be going to the big game michael phillips and i will broadcast live from radio row the week of the big game in vegas the pro football championship game the big game, the Pro Football Championship game that's on February 11th. The name of the game that it will include two teams that win from each conference. The Uber Ole. You know what I'm talking about. I'm just not able to say the name of the game. But 910 The Fan will be there in Vegas for the big, extremely big football game. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, he'll be in Vegas with me. It's MP on the mic, Michael Phillips. What's going on, Michael? 
We're going to the Pro Bowl? No kidding? Man, I'm fired up. That's awesome. Dude. Hey, where is, where is the Pro Bowl being played this year? Do you know? Or, Orlando, but it's not a game. They've, they've got, incorrectly, they've stopped playing the game, and they do just the, the skills competition, which is the correct route for them to go. Right, right. That no, that you know what you just reminded me. They're going to do flag football too because we had a, a flag yeah. football reporter uh, in studio a few months ago. Not really sure. Uh, I'll check that out, but I know I'll be watching the Ooper Ole, um after I get back from a trip in Vegas. It's going to be a ton of fun. But Michael, we've got to discuss. Right, hey, hang on, Adam have, have Peters' to, ex- introductory press conference. Have you been to Vegas What's before? That? Have you been to Vegas? Yeah, I went for the Junkies' twenty-fifth anniversary. Uh, back in like 2016, it was my first time back. I've been to Vegas three times. That was my first time after I turned 21. It is night and day. If anybody takes you to Vegas when you're like 16, <laughs> it's not the same when you come back and you're 21. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. No, we got we got a yeah. ton of ton of plans to make, a ton of catching up to do. Uh, it, it's going to be a fantastic week, uh, and uh, we'll we'll get you something for the flight. Don't worry. So Adam Peters said he's not looking for an offensive-minded coach or a defensive-minded coach, but a leader of men. I mean, does that change your mind about Ben Johnson being the top choice, or you know, was that just tongue-in-cheek there? Oh, I think Ben Johnson is. I understand that, obviously, he's done great things with that offense and Jared Goff, um, but everybody talks about him as a leader, as a guy they love to play for. Uh, I think he fully fits both criteria. That's why I think he's the hottest name on the market this year. That's why I think he's the guy. Um, and I think he's the one they'll be chasing going forward. Obviously, you know, he, he didn't want to say a lot about, you know, the strategy, the style, because that's a decision you make in consultation with the head coach. The coach doesn't want to hear you at a podium saying, here's how we're going to draft, here's what we're going to prioritize. Well, wait a second, what, what am I doing here? Where, where's the room for my binder and my vision? Uh, so he was intentionally vague on a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, I, I think the one thing I would say is we have some cornerstone pieces here. Okay, I, I don't... I'm not sure I would. I'm I'm ready to go that far yet, right? Um, I, I I think that was a very polite thing he said on on his way in the door. I'm not right. sure. Well, Michael, that. we 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 talked about we talked about him saying that, and I was fired up that he didn't lie to us and sell us a bag of goods and saying, "Oh yeah, this roster is filled with superstars." He said, "Well, there's a couple of cornerstones." So I I actually really liked that answer. There you go. A couple of cornerstones. Pause, pause, and we'll be trading them for draft picks as soon as I get my hands on uh, on the wheel here. Uh, yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he, he said culture without saying culture, right? He talked about all the things that make a great organization. Obviously, uh, had a lot of good things to say about his time in San Francisco and what he had learned there, and uh, that's a big part of why he's hired. That, that that's a respected football organization. This is not a not even close to a respected football organization. They want. Want some of that magic pixie dust to, to you know wave it around Ashburn and make this a place that players want to play. That that's his big job here. Yeah, he was also really vague on the thoughts on the number two overall pick, saying it's a great opportunity, but they got to hire a head coach first. I mean, uh, read between the lines here. What was he saying there? Well, I I think that you know it, there's so many ways you can go. I think they will have a misdirection play at some point, right? I. I think that's an opportunity we'll take advantage of, whether it's them saying, I think we got to get to one, or I think we need to draft a quarterback, or, boy, we really love Marvin Harrison, right? Whatever you need to say to get the phone lines ringing and get that best offer before you turn in the pick you knew you were going to make all along. Um, he doesn't yeah. know what that misdirection play is yet. Uh, he, he's got to sit down, do the work, figure out who he wants. 
I love that he's in place for the coaching interviews. I think that's extremely important to everybody that he's going to be on the phone or on the Zoom with these guys when they do their interviews in the coming days. Uh, I think it's very important that he will be there for the Senior Bowl, will be there for the scouting events. Uh, I, I think all of that really matters for him because this isn't – he's talking about a lifetime job here, and Josh Harris is talking about this being a long-term project. But the truth of the matter is this is a really important offseason. If, if he does his job right – they're never going to pick number two again. If he does his job right, they're never going to have $90 million in cap space again. This is a rare opportunity, and, and he's got to nail it right out of the gate. Michael, there's been a lot of talk here, so I need you to set the record. We've got to be short and sweet here, but did I just get replaced as the best-looking Adam in, in sports here in town? Oh, not not close. Uh, Grant and Danny are up next, and uh, they're already calling him like McDreamy or something to that effect. So, yeah, I, I don't think you stand much of a chance here. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, I can't wait to interview him myself. That's Michael Phillips. I'm Adam Epstein. It is Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.